Hello, and welcome to the weekly podcast of C2 Church in Columbia, Missouri. Be a man. Blow stuff up, climb things, use sticks and swords to beat each other up. That's manly, right? (laughs) All right. Well, welcome, everybody. Thanks for being here this morning. My name's Jason. I am the worship and community pastor here at Christian Chapel. I want to thank you for being here. Isn't it great to see our El Salvador team doing so many wonderful things? Amen. I think it's, it's so fantastic to see so many that are answering the call and, and giving up the comforts of home and, and the easy life to go out and be the boots on the ground spreading the gospel and the word of God. It's, it's just a fantastic thing to see. So this morning, um, ironically, I show you a video of a girl doing manly things um, to tell you about being men, men of God. So let's talk a little bit about what, uh, what the worldly view of a man is. To me, the things that we saw there are, are worldly views of what a man should be, uh, going to battle, blowing things up, fighting, and, and using your hands to do stuff. And that's not to say that it's not a manly thing. But is that really the measure of a man? Is that truly how we should be viewing men? Some of the things that we think about society points out as being manly, let's look at a couple of uh, pictures here. King Leonidas from 300. Now that guy's manly. I mean, we're talking about a guy that is just ripped beyond belief, took 300 soldiers to fight thousands of Persians in a war and hold them at the hot gates. That, that, that's, that's pretty manly, I'm not going to lie. Let's put up the other one. James Bond. Now, how manly is this guy? This guy can pull off any suit. He gets all the ladies, has the coolest cars, the best guns and trinkets to, uh, to be the best agent that he can. And my personal opinion, this is the best James Bond ever. That's just me. Next one, please. Chuck Norris. Does it get any more manly than Chuck Norris? I mean, if you don't admit he's a man, he'll probably roundhouse kick you into the next century. <laughs> now these, these, are, these are what society considers men. What about this guy, though? Yeah, now there's a manly man with, with his catch. He was bragging about a couple of weeks ago. But, uh, you know, I like, to, I like to take jabs at Jeremy every now and then when I get an opportunity. Now, he catches these little, you know, pond fish, um, these smaller ones. Let's throw up that next slide. To me, this is really fishing. This is manly fishing here. Let's go to the ocean and catch some real fish. Show the next one. And then, of course, this is what it looks like once you get your catch. Throw that next one up there. Now, that's a man right there. That's manly right there. Let's go catch a shark. No, just kidding. Uh, I, I actually don't fish. Um, but, uh, but I thought it'd be fun to poke fun at Jeremy. That previous uh, picture of the guy that was actually fishing is a is a friend and colleague of my wife's. Um, his name's Dave. He works at Veterans United. The funny thing is, having shown a, uh, a picture of Chuck Norris earlier, this guy, if you were to ever meet him and, and, and get, to, get to see him in person, Sarah and I joke around as well as her entire office, this guy looks exactly like Chuck Norris. I'm not lying to you. It's kind of intimidating standing there next to him. But, uh, but no, uh, I, I like to poke fun at Jeremy and tell him he catches those little pondfish while guys that I know go out and catch sharks. So, but... Uh, so, is this really manliness? Is, is, are the things that we see in the world around us, the way that uh, society measures up men and what Hollywood shows us manly men to be, is that really manliness? 
I want, I want to take you guys to a, a verse in the Bible that really struck me and uh, kind of led me to this, uh, to this message today. It's uh, 1 Kings chapter 2, 1 through 3. And this to me is, is the definition of manliness by, by God's standards. It's David speaking to Solomon. It says, When the time drew near for David to die, he gave a charge to Solomon his son. I am about to go the way of all the earth, he said. So be strong, act like a man, and observe what the Lord your God requires. Walk in obedience to him, and keep his decrees and commands, his laws and regulations, as written in the law of Moses. Do this so that you may prosper in all you do and wherever you go. So David tells him, right there in the first part of that passage, to be strong. These are one of the ways that a man is measured, is by strength. But when David's telling Solomon to be strong in this passage, he's not talking about physical strength. David's speaking to Solomon about being, having strength in God, allowing God to be the one in control. He's telling him to be resolute in his beliefs, character, and integrity, to stand firm and carry out justice, but to do all this through God. At a recent men's conference in Springfield, Missouri, the Stronger Men's Conference in, uh, earlier this year, a couple of months ago, Pastor John Lindell had a statement that really struck a chord with me that said, a godly man understands where the source of his power comes from. It's not from our own power or strength, but from God. We are at our strongest when we are not controlling, but letting God have control, letting Him guide our lives, and living that life for Him. As, as men, we like to think we have control of situations that we're in. We like to think that um, whatever is going on, we can have control over the outcome of our situation. But true control in a situation needs to come through God. He is the one that we need to rely on to determine the outcome of our situation. We must be obedient to Him. And that's my second point in this scripture. It talks about walking in obedience. Being obedient to the word of God. It's foundational. If we obey God's word in terms of how we live and treat others, we have proven ourselves godly men. When you think about the commandments and you think about honoring your father and mother to not... uh, Lost my train of thought, I apologize. Um, We honor our father and mother. We don't envy what our neighbors have. We treat others how we want to be treated. These are characteristics of a godly man. Several times in the Bible, we talk about being obedient to the word of God. There's several passages that talk about that. John 4.15 says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Luke six forty six says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? 
Proverbs 3.5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. We as godly men should be living by the word of God, trusting in him, relying on him, carrying out the things that he has called us to do. The third point out of this passage, and one that I kind of tied in with a message that I heard recently from another pastor, uh, Pastor Tony Evans, is to have a sense of divine destiny. Pastor Tony Evans says, a real biblical man has a sense of divine destiny. Many of us are just going through the motions of life because we aren't following what God has designed and called us to do. We are just existing. When we have a sense that we are here for something bigger, our life has a completely different perspective. One of the reasons men are so unfulfilled is because they only see what they see. They don't see a sense of divine calling. Each and every one of you, every man in here, has a divine calling from God. I don't know what it is, but God does. The question is, are you listening to the world around you and to yourself every day, or are you truly letting go and listening for the call of God? Are you asking Him to guide what you do day in and day out? To me, the measure of a man is how we live biblically, how we live according to God's Word. I read a quote somewhere that God is looking for heavenly men in a hellish world. We live in a society today that promotes evil ways. Everywhere you look around you, between alcoholism, drug addictions, pornography, war, all these things are of darkness. But we are called to be the light. We are called by God to be a light in this world. Unfortunately, as men, we're, we're easily attracted to things that are visual. We, as, as it's said in there, we see what we see around us. We hear the world around us. And a lot of times we answer to that call rather than the call that God has put upon us. So the question is, how do we live as godly men? How do we truly live and measure up as godly men? Every one of us is flawed. Every single one of us falls short of the perfection that Jesus Christ showed us so many thousands of years ago. Not a single one of us has reached the ultimate goal. Even when you look at the men of the Bible, when you look at men like Moses, or David, Samson, Paul, Peter, Abraham, every single one of those men were imperfect, but they were godly men because they answered the call of the Lord. Samson 
fell short and allowed his hair to be cut after God had commanded him, never cut your hair or you'll lose your strength. And he fell short and allowed himself to be seduced and gave up his secret of, of what would take his strength. And, and so it happened, and through that trial, Samson realized that he had been relying on himself a lot because God had given him all this strength, but he was listening to his own, his own heart, following what he thought was right, not following what God had, had directed him to do. And therefore he was imprisoned, but in the end turned his heart back to God and listened and, and asked God for strength. And, and we know the story of him toppling the, the pillars and, and bringing down the building upon the Philistines. But there's so many stories in the Bible of these men who fall short of, of perfection, but they still listen to the call of God, and God forgives our imperfections. Paul, in Philippians 3, chapter 12, talks about this same thing when he says, Now that I have already obtained all of this, or have, not that I have to obtained all of this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Jesus Christ took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Again, we've all fallen short. But the question is, when you fall short, what are you doing? As Paul said here, do not forget what's behind you. Forget what's in the past. Look ahead to what God is directing you to. In this war, in this battle today, as, as godly men, not only do we need to hear God's call, but the one thing I'll tell you is we are unable by ourselves to fight this battle. Two things that you need in this world are the Holy Spirit, and that's... That's what I was speaking on a moment ago is God's call for you, the Holy Spirit walking with you, speaking to you. But we also need other godly men. We need to be surrounding ourselves with men who will walk in this battle with us. I spoke several months ago about how God did not intend for us to walk through this earth alone. And as men, that's also true because on, on a... On a godly man basis, we're not meant to try and fight our own demons, our own addictions, the things that surround us. We're not meant to fight that alone. We're meant to have other men help hold us accountable. Dr. Eric Mason, at that same Stronger Men's Conference, spoke upon that. And he said, you need men who will call you on your dirt. 
he talked about how, and I'm sure each one of us experienced this, he talked about how he has friends that, you know, love to just drop by unannounced. You know, we have people that show up at our house unannounced. And, and uh, you know, when you're home just by yourself, um, a lot of times, especially if you have kids, he was talking about how his kids just ransack the house. They drag toys out of their rooms and across the living room, and, and the house is a mess, and then somebody comes knocking on the door. And your house is just in shambles. And he said, uh, there's two types of people that come to the door. He said, there's the people that, you know, you poke your head around and you look out the window and you see who it is and you just open the door a little bit and talk to them for a moment. Say, hey, thanks for dropping by, and then they leave. Because you know if they come in and they see the mess that's in your house, they're going to judge you on that and think, wow, kind of kind of awful to see. But then there are those who will come in, who you will invite in, because you know that when they come in, they will see the mess. They'll call you on the mess, but they're not going to judge your mess. They're not going to think less of you because your house is in a mess. He says most of the time, those people that he invites in, they come in, they help clean that mess up. They get their hands dirty with you. They get in there and they help you clean out what your mess is. And so he talked about how men need to have other men around them that will call you on your mess. They will help you clean up your mess. They won't judge you for it when they see it. They will step in. They will walk with you. They will stand in this battle with you and they will help you clean that mess up. It is a nasty world we live in. It's easy to fall into what society says is okay. What's not easy is to stand up against it. Take the ridicule that society will give you for not doing the easy things. Over so many years, we've seen things like pornography, specifically, that when it first came around was thought of as something awful, something that nobody wanted anything to do with. But... Over the years, it's become natural. You see it everywhere. You see it on television, in banners on the computer when you're just generally surfing a website. It is so thought of as no big deal that men... Everywhere, fall victim to it. Because it's easy. That's why you need other men to be able to hold you accountable, to be able to 
keep you from slipping into the ease of society. Men need to step up and lead. We're called throughout the Bible to be leaders as men. So many times I see where men have an opportunity to step up in a situation, but don't. And it's sad. I see women, and this is nothing against the females, but I see women step up where men have an opportunity and don't fulfill what they need to. And so our wives, our moms, our sisters, they have to step up and answer for us. That's not what we're here for. We are called by God to step up as men and lead. I've been talking about how this is a battle. And we're at war with a darkness each and every day. I recently watched a, uh, an interview with uh, Glenn Beck and a pastor from Dallas. Uh, his name escapes me now. But anyway, they were discussing... Uh, kind of the political world, and, and Glenn Beck talked about how he had seen a letter that was written by Aaron Burr during the Revolutionary War to General George Washington, and the letter was simply two lines. The letter said, the fort and garrison is ours, General. Your men behaved like men determined to be free. Movie. You have been weighed, you have been measured, and you have absolutely been found wanting. Earlier in the movie, the knight that was in the black said the same thing to the Heath Ledger character that He had been weighed, he had been measured, and he had been found wanting. And he asked him, in what world do you think you could defeat me? That line is taken from a scripture in Daniel chapter 5, where it talks about the hand that writes on the wall. And Daniel is called to read the inscription, and he says that the Inscription that was written says, Mene, Mene, Tekel, Parson. Here's what these words mean. Mene, God has numbered the days of your reign and brought it to an end. Tekel, you have been weighed on the scales and found wanting. And the last part is your kingdom is divided and given to Medes and the Persians. But the part that says you have been weighed on the scales, and been found wanting. So here's my question for you. When you are weighed, are you found wanting in the ways of the world or in the ways that God has called you to? Don't be found wanting the ways of the world. 
stand and rise up as godly men. Dr. Martin Luther King has a quote that says, The ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands in times of challenge and controversy. All Solomon had to do was have faith to be strong enough, to be obedient enough. And that would prove that he was man enough. Be strong. Obedient. Hear the divine call of God, what he has for you. The great thing is, even though we fall short, we have hope. We have a forgiving God. We've all fallen short in the past. But we can answer the call. I want to ask the men here this morning to stand where you are. Go ahead and stand up right where you're at right now. We're going to pray a prayer together this morning. Ladies, I'd I'd like to ask for each and every one of you to stretch out a hand toward one of the guys in your area as we pray over them. Guys, just repeat this prayer after me. Dear God, I want you to use me anytime, anywhere, any way, anyhow. Use me by your grace. Fill me with your spirit. Give me your vision for my life. Protect me from these traps. I want to live a life of integrity. I want to live a life of humility. I want to live a life of generosity. But most of all, I want to learn to trust you completely. I want to have a radical faith. I want to expect great things from you and attempt great things for you for the glory of God. Give me your dream for my life. Help me to be willing to risk failure and to not be afraid of it. Help me to trust in your grace. I want to expect you to use me. And I want to ask you to help me to never give up. So I surrender myself to you. That a revival and a resurgence 
would happen in my heart. Amen. I want to pray a blessing over you men. If you would continue to bow your heads. Father, I just ask that you would bless each and every man in this room. I ask that in the war that we are fighting today against the darkness, that you would give each man the armor and the equipment that he needs to fight that battle. I pray that you would give them your spirit and that you would just open their ears so that they can hear your calling. God, I pray that you would lift each and every man in this room up as a leader for you to grow them in your word, to allow them to be a light in the darkness, to let them be seen as someone who is your man, a godly man. I just ask that you would let each and every one of us as men be an influence on our younger generation coming up, that they would see us walking with you and that they would strive to be more like that, to to see those things and to be called to you. God, I thank you for the women that stand with each one of these men, whether it be mother, sister, wife, or friend. I thank you for their support. As a church, we stand together. We continue to spread the gospel of Jesus, to give the good news to the world that there is a Savior. We just thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice, for your forgiveness, for your salvation. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Thank you guys for praying that prayer this morning. Thank each and every one of you for being a godly man and for answering the call. Make sure to surround yourself with other godly men because whenever the times of trial come, we need strong men to stand with us to overcome. Seek out other godly men. Let them be support for you and you be support for them. We have life groups here at Christian Chapel that are made up of men that walk together, pray together, witness together. It's a great thing to see. God has called each and every one of us. All we have to do is just answer the call. That's my challenge to each and every one of you guys here today is to answer the call. We look forward to our El Salvador team rejoining us next week. Pastor Jeremy will be back as we approach Father's Day. We will continue this series of The Measure of a Man. Thanks for being here today, guys. We look forward to seeing you back here next week. Be blessed. Hey, we're so glad you listened in. If you made a decision to follow Christ today or would like more information please email us at nextsteps at c2church.com or visit us at c2church.com.